The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting story coming out of the Alberta Avenue area where the community league there, community league rather, there has plans to turn an unnamed park into a memorial for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Brendan Van Alstine is the past president of the Alberta Avenue Community League and he's a committee member for the Memorial Park Project. Brendan joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start uh, with this. Where did this idea come from? How did it uh, come about? Um, well, I mean, the, the gist of it was that the the city had uh, brought up, we're going through neighborhood renewal right now, and there's a, a number mm-hmm. of pocket parks in our, our area that don't have any names. And so we'd started doing a little bit of consultation over the course of, like, say, the last, like, two or so years, just sort of, um, you know, we're, we're putting in some new infrastructure. There's an opportunity to put in some signs and names. And so we, we've just started doing some consultation. And, uh, one of the surveys we put out, uh, like, 80% of people supported this idea. So... We're, we're running with it. We're running with it. Tell us about uh, where this park is, and, and, and I guess if you can, if you have any kind of um, envision of, of a vision of, of what it might look like when it's done. Sure. So the, the main park is on the northwest corner of 121st Avenue and 90th Street. So it's just right across 90th Street from Delton Elementary School there. Yeah. And then as, as well as the, the main park, there's also a series of three, officially they're parks, but they're more like walkways that we're hoping to tie into the project to create a bit of a, a processional entry to the main park. Um, I mean, in terms of what it's going to look like, I, I can't overemphasize that we're very much in, in early stages and there's yeah. much more consultation to do. So, um, you know, I can't say exactly what that is. I know we're, we're hoping to connect more with uh, elders and other Indigenous leaders before we move forward with any naming or any sort of final decisions yeah. on, like, design or art or anything like that. So tell me, what are you anticipating from that meeting tomorrow? Because, of course, that has got to be uh, an integral part in this and moving forward and making sure that it's done right, it's it's done correctly. Um, so what's on the table for tomorrow in that meeting and what are, what are you hoping for? Oh, so we, we don't actually have a meeting tomorrow. It's uh, it's going to be a process over the coming years. So, um, you know, I don't have any real set hopes. I think I think mm. the main goal is to just create a place that uh, that honors the, the missing and murdered women and girls, many yeah. of whom who either have disappeared from our neighborhood or called our neighborhood home, and to just really create awareness of it. I mean, what form that takes, we'll we'll have to see mm. based on further consultations. But that's the goal. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brendan. I thought you said tomorrow, and I apologize for that. I don't no, know where that. Bob, that, that popped into my head. So very, very early stages. So what is the process with with, with working with the city, um, you know, on this as well? What does what does that look like? Sure. So as I mentioned, we're going through neighborhood renewal, and that particular section of the neighborhood is slated for all of the new sidewalks and roads and everything uh, beginning in the spring. So there's obviously some infrastructure stuff we have to be able to to nail down in the next couple of months. But our hope is that any sort of infrastructure-related decisions will only be done in order to support further development. Because as I mentioned, you know, there's there's hopes to include some artwork and some other sort of memorial mm-hmm. pieces, and so. Um, just want to make sure there's uh, appropriate space there and that we're sort of uh, creating some harmony with what the city wants to do. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, and ballpark, uh, dollar-wise, what this could cost and how you raise that money? 
sure. I mean, it, again, depends on the final amount. I, I know Liz John West, who's one of our co-chairs, said that it could cost upwards of you know seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So uh, that obviously <laughs> depends on the final scope and consultations. Um, I will say on the the money side, we were fortunate enough to get a twenty thousand dollar matching grant from the city. But the flip side of that is that we need to raise twenty thousand dollars to mm-hmm. match it. So of course, I would encourage anybody who's interested in this project, uh, the community league is a charity, so you can definitely donate towards this project and uh, help us raise that money and get a tax receipt, which is always a benefit. Yeah, without a doubt. I think it's uh, I think it's important, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in the Edmonton Journal, I think it was the Edmonton Journal article I was yeah. reading about this, they were talking about, you know, the, the National Inquiry into uh, Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, you know, that final report, which came out in 20, uh, 2019, had over 200 calls for justice, and, and a lot of those did revolve around awareness around the issue and a better understanding of, of uh, Indigenous culture and history and I think that this is this would be one of those really good ways to do it and 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 make it almost a a really special spot I mean there's you have little pocket parks uh, all over this city to me this is something that you know would be a place I I don't know if sacred's the right right word but if it's the way that it's done it could be uh, a real great combination of a of a memorial site but also of a, an education site as well I think it has real potential uh, potential Brendan yeah, no, and I, I agree. I mean, our, our hope was with the main park to create some space for ceremony and for, for active use, not just for it to be a memorial, but for a place that people want to come and use for cultural activities. So I know that's, that's a piece of feedback that we're continually getting, and I, I hope we'll be able to work that in. You know what, Brenda, you've been involved with um, the Alberta Avenue Community League for quite some time now. I think it's been, what, you know, 10, 11 years that you've been involved with the Community League? Just over 12, I think, yeah. Yeah, and and you know what, and and so I just wanted to switch gears just a little bit, but still talking about revitalization, because I'll be honest with you, when when I moved here 20 years ago, uh, my then-husband and I, we actually uh, looked up in that area for, uh, for a place to live, but, you know, you can probably imagine 20 years ago, go the the reputation wasn't as you know it wasn't uh, that that great at the time there has been a huge um revitalization of that area tell us about what it's been like to to be a part of that and how you've seen your community uh change and 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 develop and and, and find itself again over the past decade Sure. Uh, I mean, certainly, as you mentioned, it's been quite a quite a transformation. You know, the pawn shops close, and then you know, a dance studio or a game store or a coffee shop open up. So it's, I mean, in terms of the business, it's uh, I think drawing people out into slightly more social activities and slightly less. Um, you know, problematic activities like going and pawning their belongings or going to the mm-hmm. cash store. We had far too many of those. Of course, you know, the festivals are probably one of the, the biggest things. I know Deep Freeze is, uh, I believe it's coming up mm-hmm. right away. I'm not quite sure how they're how they're twisting that for the pandemic, but I can't imagine that they're going to take a year off. And I know Kaleido in September, they had kind of done a bit of a, a different twist on Kaleido.
Idaho. So the, the festivals have been like a huge, huge opportunity for people, not just in the neighborhood to get together and gather and sort of enjoy the arts of the neighborhood, but for like for the broader city to really come in and sort of see how things have changed over the years. So, um, you know, that being said, of course, sometimes it feels like it's two steps forward, one step back, especially during the, <laughs> especially during the challenges that we have with COVID. But uh, yeah. the two steps forward is the part you want to focus on. Well, that that is what you want to focus on, and it uh, you know I have a yeah a dear very dear friend of mine who uh, moved into the area just a couple of years ago, saying that uh, she loved what was happening in the community and and she wanted to be a part of that revitalization, and uh, she's absolutely loving it there. Um, what what would be your what would be your hopes for uh, you know you know aside from the park that we were talking about, but you know what would you what would be on your list or your hopes? Um, for that area in the coming years? Um, You know, I hope we just kind of keep moving towards... Uh, a, a better, stronger community. And I, I think it's really important that as we move forward that we try to include everybody in it because I, I know we often get into this conversation about what's yeah. revitalization versus gentrification. And I think we need to be careful that we're not pushing people out. I think we need to be very careful to include people and bring them forward with us. So I think that's going to be uh, an interesting challenge. But uh, yeah. It's uh, it's been it's been uh, fascinating to watch, Brendan. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. We'll be watching closely as uh, as the plans for this park develop over the months and, and years to come. And please keep us updated as well with it. All right. For sure. Thank all you right. so Thanks much, much Brendan. Yep, yeah, you betcha. Brendan Van Alstein joining us this afternoon, the past president of the Alberta Avenue Community League. Um, and yeah, he is uh, one of the um, lead members on this. Um, missing and murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Memorial Park project that they're looking at putting in on this little pocket park. So at 90th Street and 121 Avenue. So if you're wondering where that is again, well, what was it that they said? But yeah, you know, it, um, it's... If you've lived in in Edmonton for a long time, and guys, I've only lived here for 20 years. Uh, I, I moved here the beginning of December... Uh, 2000 uh, from Regina where I had lived uh, for two years so um, and before that I'd lived in Thunder Bay for what a decade and you know growing up in smaller northern Ontario communities heading to Regina to to, to do more television work and then coming out here originally to work for global TV um, it was it was fascinating for me to move to uh, a much bigger city again you remember like Thunder Bay has a hundred thousand people um, Sault Ste. Marie has, what, 85,000 people. Regina, when I was there, was about 200,000. So moving to, um, in my world, 20 years ago was was a big city. It was it was something else um, to see and see again how spread out Edmonton is. I mean, to me, I'm still fascinated about just how incredibly spread out this city is. And I know as we talk about, you know, um, maybe some of the things that need to be done as we move forward, we, we talk about infill in the community and we talk about, you know, building up instead of out um, and taking a look at some of those old, um, those old, um, older neighborhoods and what we can do with them and, and, and what they look like moving forward. Um, th- there's a lot to talk about there. I mean, my first little house when I moved here was over in uh, Allendale. It, I think it was 800, 900 square foot 
you know, cute little home, which I absolutely, absolutely adored, um, you know, with the big pine trees and that sort of stuff are a pretty lot. And I drive down that street now and I see a lot of those old little wartime homes, um, you know, scrapped. They're gone. Um, they're they're not necessarily what people want anymore. So we're seeing, you know, the tall skinnies being put in place. We're seeing kind of those, uh, you know, funky ones that just, in my opinion, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, they, they might look cool, but in certain neighborhoods, I think that they really stick out like a sore thumb. You know, uh, I, I guess if the entire community looked that looked that way, it would be something. And I and I'm not sure if if I was still living in in a community like Allendale, and I had one of those uh, funky, tall, skinny places uh, put up beside my little, uh, you know, wartime home. If I'd be all too happy about it again, it's it's people's choice. But I I, I mean, I think that there's there's reasons why people move to communities. You know, whatever it is, if if you've moved to, um, you know, the Alberta Avenue neighborhood, or you've 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 moved to um, to Willigertown, or you lived in in Allendale or, or Park Allen, what whatever it is, these are just you know places coming to me off the top of my head. Oftentimes, you do move there because you like the look and the feel of it, and when that look and the feel starts to change, um, it it can be disappointing can't it i know a lot of you um uh you know uh, live on uh rural properties maybe you live on the edge of the city um we're seeing a lot of those communities just you know spread out and out when i moved here i mean the the henday was just you know one portion of it i think was just being built i don't think there was much on the other side certainly not for communities and i've talked about it on the show over the years, I mean, 10 years ago, we moved out to where I am now. And when I moved out here, there were, there was nothing out here. You know, there's a whole lot of nothing out here, maybe a couple little subdivisions. But within 10 years, there's, there's a whole new development plan coming right up to our doorstep. And it was one of those things at first was like, oh, man, I guess I should have done a little bit more research on that before we bought the place but in the end you know I, I i look at the plans and i look at how this 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 city continues to grow and go okay you know we're going to continue to grow with it and now i'm i'm excited to see what it will look like yeah am i going to miss the farmer's fields driving home absolutely am i going to miss the deer walking around and pooping on my front yard yeah uh, i am am i going to miss probably the the quietness of it yeah um but um, you know, I have a choice. Either you stay here and you and you embrace it, or you you find another place. And maybe that means moving further out one more time. But again, I just think it's it's you know watching. Edmonton over the past 20 years has been um, has been a lesson. It has been a lesson in growth and lesson in trying to figure out what it is that we want and what it is that we want from our community. You know, we we hear you know some of our leaders and I, I don't mean to get you all riled up about here about about talking about you know the, the the city that we want to live in 10 years from now the city that we want our our children to be living in and our grandchildren to be living in and while some of you say you know what bike lanes aren't a part of it a lot of you will say yeah bike lanes are a part of it what about you know more park areas some of you say yeah no others would say absolutely more green space what about developing something more along the river valley is that something that you would love to see is 
is that something that hasn't been utilized enough or do you just want to say leave leave it alone i mean leave it alone because it is still you know relatively pure if if you if you want to get down to the river it, you, there's different there's different areas to do that but what about that ribbon of green what about you know a walkway going from you know big island down here all the way down to um downtown you know what if there was something like that anyway it's just i i i, I still think that there's a lot of I, there's there's still a long way that we can go. Um, there are some some real basic issues that we need to, to to figure out first. But it is nice to at times maybe pause and dream about what you would like to see five, ten, twenty years from now. I mean, 20 years from now, I'm 70 years of age. Uh, I moved here when I was 30. I mean, that that you know that that's crazy to me. So my wants 20 years from now are going to be different than they were 20 years ago. Um, but as, you know, nominations, as your opportunity to run for city council, uh, start that process, you know, that started this week. If that is something that interests you, you can get on that. Maybe you have great visions for this city. Maybe you're fed up with the vision that city council, that the current city council has. Well, this is your opportunity to do something about it. Um, if, if that, you know, is something that you're willing to do and put the effort in. I mean, we can all sit back and and uh, be armchair quarterbacks about whatever the issue of the day is, right? Uh, but it has been something else to watch the city grow over the past 20 years and uh, certainly, you know, grow into a place that, you know, I'll be honest with you, had no intention of staying here, but can't imagine being anywhere else. Can't imagine being anywhere else, mainly because of the people.